Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today I got a stacked cast with me. Here for his last time in CB Studios, I have Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? And calling in from their home studios, we have our girl Janelle Wheeler with us. Hello, hello. Mr. Connor Casey is back. Matt, I don't care what the lawyer said. I'm keeping the shield. (laughs) And joining us for a very special first segment today is... Daily Distraction host, comedian extraordinaire, and our comicbook.com interview man, Mr. Chris Killian. You forgot, you can see it right down there. Wonder Woman Newsbreaker. That's, that's me now. <laughs> oh, we were going to get to that. We were going to get okay. to that. So uh, I was helping Matt Aguilar move last night. Uh, he's moving away to a new state. Still here at Comic Book Nation. Still with Comic Book. Don't freak out, everybody. Papa Bear ain't going nowhere. He's going to be moving with his lovely family to a new state for new opportunities. So this is going to be our last day. We have him here in the studios with us. And uh, being wedged in here with me on Fridays is basically the secret birth of Comic Book Nation. Matt was forced in close quarters with me for many, many Fridays at a time. And it had a profound effect on all of us. But uh, it also helped us hammer out what would be the basis of this show so I'm going to miss him. We're going to miss him, but uh, he's not really going anywhere. He'll still be our uh, call-in buddy, just like exactly. most of you. Just like most of you who leave me. I'll just be I love calling, calling in. Love calling yeah, yeah. in. Everybody loves to leave the nest and just start calling in. That's just what this show has become. <laughs> you know, I just wrote the show. Expensive. I moved to this city to do this show with all of you in a studio, and now everybody's gone. So <laughs> that's an update on my life. But uh, let's talk about what we're really here to do today. So in our rundown for Comic Book Nation today, right off the bat, Mr. Chris Killian is here because we got to talk about what's going on with Wonder Woman because Matt's really happy. We were talking about it last night because this is the first time, finally, comic books infamous run with wonder woman the heat has finally been taken off him and put on mr chris killian so we're going to get into what happened there <laughs> the long history of our uh, wonder woman scandals plus we got to talk about what's going on with disney plus we are going to give you guys our breakdown of our best summer movie experiences of 2023 this was the year that summer movies really came back and we made a lot of bold statements and predictions going into summer so we're going to see how everybody landed then we are going to talk about Peacock's Twisted Metal. We've had time to see it all, so we got to talk full spoilers on Twisted Metal. I have a review of the new horror film, The Dracula Story, Last Voyage of the Demeter. Matt's going to tell some... We're just going to let Matt run wild with his agenda for the end of the show. It'll be a surprise. You guys can see him just geek out one last time and enjoy that. So let's get right up to the top and what we're here for and what Chris Killian's taking time out of his day for which is to talk about Wonder Woman 3. So if you've been on social media, Twitter X, whatever you're on right now, you've probably seen some things floating around. Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, James Gunn, DC Studios. Well, this was all caused by Mr. Chris Killian. He caused this whole grenade to go off when he did an interview before SAG, before the SAG, after, oh my God, before the SAG strike, Chris Killian got to talk to Gal Gadot for her new movie, Heart of Stone, which is premiering on Netflix today. And what happened during that interview, Chris? Uh, You know, first off, I I refuse to say that I'm a part of a scandal, right? There's no no scandal. Like, I asked her a question about 
continuing on as Wonder Woman in the new DCU. And she said that she'd spoke with James Gunn and Peter Safran and that they had told her they were going to develop Wonder Woman 3 together. That was it. I didn't I didn't start any rumors like she said this. This was this was her experience. And, you know, I don't feel like like the, the, the problem online is that a lot of people are sort of acting like she's lying or she's strong arming her way into a third movie, which I don't think is the case at all. First off, I think she's an incredibly nice person. At least she was. That was my experience with her. And I think that this is a situation where um, this probably this conversation probably happened months ago. Uh, at, you know, evident by tweets that James Gunn has released. You know, as far as like five months ago, he said that they did meet and that he didn't let her go. So, you know, I think, in my opinion, it sort of backs up a little bit of what she's saying. And I think that more than likely what has happened is that plans have changed and somebody didn't update her on those plans. And I think that worst case scenario, that's probably what is going on. But me, I, I think she's telling the truth. I think that's exactly the conversation that they had. And um, so whether somebody's like purposefully, you know, screwing her over or not, I don't know. But I, I'm taking her at her word. Chris, what is DC saying? Like, what is Gunn saying to this? No, is he, he saying, no, I didn't talk to her? No, no. no they, he has been radio yeah, well, silent. Yeah. yeah, let's be clear about what the actual bullet points here before okay. we get too deep into this. So Chris talked to Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot said that she is developing Wonder Woman 3 with DC Studios and James Gunn and Peter Safran, that that's what they told her. She also, in the same round of interviews, said this to a separate outlet too, who which released theirs after ours. Uh, so there were two outlets that kind of reported this initial things. Mm -hmm. um, and so then Variety comes this week, about a week after we did all this stuff, and that Chris Killian kind of like broke this story, and it was backed up again by Flaunt Magazine. And the, she, Variety comes out and says, no, our sources say there is, she's not involved in this at all. Like they reference us and say, no, comic book reported this. She said this. She said it twice. But no, that's not what's happening. There are no firm plans for any Wonder Woman project in DC Studios, DC Universe Chapter 1 lineup, except for the announced Paradise Lost TV series, which is a prequel to Wonder Woman's story. It's about the formation of the Amazons and all that. And that that's the only thing we have in place. Now, who is Variety Source? Uh, insiders. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're asking. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> no one. Great, thanks. No, um, there are. <laughs> are we you know, insider? Can we? Will people? Yo, call yo, us yo, yo, Everybody, chill, chill before we get sued. Seriously, chill before we get sued for libel. I or think you're being overly sensitive, Kobe. I don't sensitive. Sensitive. What the? F We're not going to get sued. I'm just saying yeah, anybody, anybody can be anybody can be an insider at this rate. Right. Just like anybody can do anything right. on the internet. Their source okay. is David Dazlav, you know? Okay. <laughs> you guys. All right. Well, all I'm going to say is I believe that nobody, the fact that Godot and WBDC have not released a statement makes me think that this is just a situation that necessarily hasn't been worked out. It might not have been on the front burner and that this has kind of sparked now conversations that may have not been like, probably people weren't focused on because in December we heard Patty Jenkins and Wonder Woman 3 was done after DC Studios was announced. So this was more confusion because everybody just thought it was a done deal and like this was over. I also think people don't understand the intricacies of the film business enough. 
because people hear like she's developing one woman thing three and people think what happened was everybody did this jump of logic to say, oh my God, like she's still Wonder Woman. They're still keeping this. It sparked all these Snyderverse, like are they picking and choosing conversations? It's like, guys, developing doesn't mean she's putting on a costume, getting on screen, doing any of that stuff, right? Like at the end of all this, I predict they could just toss her an executive producer credit, right? Have her kind of, well, I think that yeah, you're right about that. I, I think that's and, true that yeah. she could be a, you know, obviously she could be a producer for the next one. But I yeah. think the insinuation with the way I phrased the question as, you know, if she was hopeful to continue her role as Wonder Woman in the new DCU, I think that the insinuation was that she was told she was going to play Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. That's sort of how I took it. Um and, and again, I think, you know, plans change all the time. And I think this conversation probably happened months ago. But uh, and, and that's not to say that they have changed. We really don't know what the in inside info is. Uh, and that's and I'm not claiming to know anything other than what Gall told me herself. I mean, she she like that's all we have to go on is, you know, but it's right there on camera is her saying that's her side of the story and what's going on. So. Yeah, the quote from the magazine says, we love you as Wonder Woman, as Wonder yeah. Woman. You've got nothing to worry about. Time will tell. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Obviously, early on, that was probably something they may have said. But her updates, as we say, come from a long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like when. Well, I'm assuming they come from a long time ago. We, I don't know. I don't know how recent they've had conversations, right? Um, I'm only going based on the fact that the timing of James Gunn's tweets that basically backed up that they did meet and that he didn't fire her. So, you know, that's that, and that was about five months ago, but there's nothing to say that they haven't talked since then. I don't know that. This is also a case where we could be jumping the gun, you know, so to speak. No, I didn't. I'm just annoyed right now, but Womp. listen, here's what it would, could be is that we don't know. They could have plans for her Wonder Woman return after they do a whole bunch of other stuff of like Paradise Lost, but that could be like way down the line. Like Wonder Woman is not even a confirmed character for DC chapter one. She's the only one in the Trinity not confirmed conspicuously enough. We're getting a Superman movie, we're getting a Batman movie, but we're getting an origin story about the larger kind of world of the Amazons and Paradise Island. So. Now, I would think also, the thing they would I focus would on is that, that TV show off the ground. And then maybe after that, we would talk about bringing back, you know, Wonder Woman, right? Well, mm -hmm. to, to add to that, Gunn also has responded to a tweet where somebody said, does this mean that we're not going to get Wonder Woman for like three years? And he debunked that. So that's mm -hmm. also not true. Um, there's yeah. definitely plans for her. It, it, in what shape or form, we don't know. But, but he definitely made it clear that there was plans for Wonder Woman to appear in the DCU uh, before Paradise Lost. Wow. Well, I've tried to help out everybody. So wow. why don't you, you guys take it away. Explain this mess to the people then, since you guys know so I'm, much. Explain this away. What's going on? I well, like what you seem to be taking this quite offensively. I don't know why. I'm just saying that this is, this is what all I'm going based I, on. You is guys, what you guys, and, if you and, guys think this is me being offended, you're out of your minds. I could care less. <laughs> I could honestly care less. Um, Damon in the chat says, I wonder if the strikes are halting anyone in parentheses, Gunn and Saffron being able to clear any of this up. Like that could also be kind that's of true. part yeah. of it. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a, yeah, that's, that could be very much the case right now. 
All right, so to end this up, kids, you may get your same Wonder Woman. You may have to get a new Wonder Woman. Either way. DC's a mess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, they just don't know what to do with old breaks our hearts here. over here at Comic Book Nation. Fingers crossed for Superman no, Legacy. No, it, it really doesn't. It really does not. <laughs> it, it does not affect my day whatsoever. I'm just trying to help straighten it out, but it seems like all we've done is make things slightly more vague more complicated <laughs> well if we want and more confusion comicbook.com reporting on wonder woman as per usual is she <laughs> a woman of color Nah, we can start a war over that is she coming back for the new dcu yeah we're gonna spark a civil war about that one so i don't know i don't know toss us your best theories comic book nation on twitter all right let's get something we can figure out which is about disney plus uh chris killian you don't have to hang around for any of this you came here and uh, cleared the record on your part. So we can let you go if you uh, want to get back to your day. Yeah, I, I got to dip out, but it was lovely to see all of you guys. And I hope that you're well. And Matt, uh, best of luck with the move. All right. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Miss you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. All right. So cool. Janelle, take it away. Yeah. Talk Disney Plus. Oh my gosh, exciting news. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday was a day because um, a new announcement from Bob Iger with Disney. Um, he wanted to let everybody know that there is going to be another price increase on Disney Plus that also is going to be including the Hulu plan and the ESPN Plus plan too. Um, it's going to go into effect on October 12th. And it's going to be going up. I think it's an additional $3 from the when I started paying. So I start, I got it when it was $7.99 uh, Disney. And now it's going up to $13.99 monthly. And then if you want to add Hulu, I think, or well, Hulu on its own is $14.99. It's going up to $17.99 for the ad free. If you bundle Hulu and Disney, I know this is a lot and I hate numbers myself, but um, it's going to go up to $19.99 a month for both ad-free. And then if you add ESPN Plus into the bundle, it's going to be $24.99. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, are you I mean, obviously we have we have to keep paying it. Like there's nothing we can do, right? <laughs> like, I was promised there would be no math. Yeah, I know. I hate part of the morning. I'm was, so bad at math, Matt. Like I, I hate it so much. And I got tasked with this lovely. Ember's Ember's very blessed that her mother is a math because I suck. And so I am. I'm one. It's wonderful that she is not uh, have to deal with my terribleness. So I feel like in this, you just have to kind of decide which bun, like which one applies to you. You have the people that just like Disney. You have the people who just like Hulu. You have the people that like Hulu and Disney. You have the people that like all three. I'm an all three-er, so I'm going to be spending $24.99 bottom line for ESPN, Hulu, and Disney+. Plus. And that sucks. No more Hulu. <laughs> We're back to You're cable. out of your minds. You guys are out of your mind saying no more Hulu. Like Hulu reigns the kind of I I love Hulu, Kofi. Yeah, no, I'm saying in the you. comment. People in the comments are like, yeah. oh, you can't get away from Hulu. You but want like, good syndicated TV? Like, you're that's quickly the place you're going to have to go. Golden and then Girls also, is on Hulu. Also, mm -hmm. like, I mean, $13.99 and $17.99, it's only a few more dollars to actually have both. But if you do Hulu on its own, 
it's that's what they're doing man anyways it's a mess. Yeah, the bundle does actually i mean i have it now they're trying to get you so to get I... that disney plus yeah mm-hmm. but the disney bundle plus makes the most sense because 24.99 for three services is not bad, not bad. Not yeah bad at all, agreed really. but uh, especially we use disney plus all the time i mean ember watches it yeah religiously now um hbo Aww. max too just because of all the cartoons so like just yeah from that perspective like we're not ditching those uh i'm a big espn person like Me I, too. I tune in the first take and get up and all the other shows that you know and i watch a lot of their extra content mm-hmm. so like espn also makes sense for me hulu's the one i watch least but it has you don't watch love and island uk women and designing women so until those go away <laughs> i will always have them. <laughs> yeah i mean fx hulu on uh, fx on hulu alone will keep me Ooh, on hulu. Plus, yeah hulu runs a lot of good movies on it like it's undervalued for how well like what their movie selection they do good smart selection I think it's one of the best smart selectors. Hulu always gets me. They're like, you probably want to watch that. I'm like, dang it. Right. (laughs) Right. I do. And I do want to watch that. So yeah. Welcome to Rexham. They Hulu originals are killing it. The bear. Like, Oh, Oh, I got to watch that. They did. They got into the hip hop lane with like the Wu Tang show early, man. If they could just lock down a deal with stars, it'd be over for me. I'd be like, Oh yeah. That would be a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there's but, also more news going only with this. In the building, yeah. Yes, that just I love up. only murders. Yes. So yeah, Hulu's not. I mean, pro oh, prey. They're starting to get into like movies and stuff uh-huh. now. Like yeah, yeah, Hulu's not doing too bad. Even that weird Love Island, like Anna the Armits movie. Like uh, what was that? Deep Water. Yeah, they're doing some stuff over there. Oh, I'm um, sorry, Janelle. Go ahead. You're good. So Disney Plus is also to go with this. If you are someone who does like to spread the love, they're going to be cracking down on password sharing. Um, starting 2024, they're really going to be trying to find ways to um, address this, similar to what Netflix is doing. So be on the lookout for that. Bob said we are actively exploring ways to address account sharing in 2024. Yeah, you just try it, buddy. You just try it. <laughs> hustlers are gonna hustle. You know, <laughs> I'll move from the trunk of my car to a trap spot. You can I'm still getting that Disney Plus out. So How are and you, are uh, you yes, guys- and in the comments, you guys are on Hulu in the comments. I love it. Yes. Uh if you've never read the book Shogun, one of the best books I've ever read. Uh if you like ninja samurai, all that stuff, Japanese history, it's gonna be a series. It's uh it's an epic kind of uh samurai ninja series and aliens getting on fx on who so yeah man yeah nobody's dumping Hulu. get out of here you guys are crazy meanwhile all right the sucking wind right now yeah there's nothing that's the one (laughs) to get rid of unless you have kids in my kids god bless them watch more paramount plus than they do like they're watching blaze paw patrol Mm -hmm. peppa like all that stuff (laughs) excellent excellent mountain of entertainment that is paramount plus so yeah, I don't know, man. We're going to see. So this is going to be interesting. But um, all right, enough about news. I didn't really care about news today. They pay me to care. Thank goodness. Like, okay. So let's get to the stuff I really care about today. Okay. From Matt's last show. Summer movies. Yay! So 2023 was supposed to be the return of the blockbuster movie season. And boy, did we get a lot of it. Too much, arguably. The, too many movies <laughs> for us to handle anymore. But there were some definite winners, some definite standouts. And we all talked big at the beginning of the summer about what we were excited to see. So I'm interested to see how everyone kind of came out the other end. I believe before the show that producer Peter said we are going in alphabetical order by host. And no matter which way you cut that, uh, Connor Casey would be up first. Thank God for alliteration. 
What's up, <laughs> um, yep. So my picks uh, should come as no surprise to anybody. It is uh, the Spider-Man sequel across the Spider-Verse. True story. I don't buy movie posters, but for my new office, I did have to get one. Very nice. <gasps> oh. um, and then I've, I've sung the praises of Oppenheimer uh, multiple times on this show and elsewhere. Um, it's, it's a movie I keep thinking about and seeing different people watch it and have different takes. I, I think it's just made the, uh, the experience all the more rewarding. And as far as Spider-Verse goes, it's on digital now. So people are doing their deep dives. They're finding the little stuff that was changed from theatrical to now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the little changes people realized were it, depending on which screening you went to, some things were slightly altered. It makes me wonder what the third part is going to bring. Obviously, Sounds like we're going to have to wait quite a while for that one, but I'm going to keep enjoying this. And every time I watch it, I'm going to keep combing through and seeing what I missed the last time. So if you somehow haven't seen these two and you haven't listened to me up until this point, fix that. <laughs> All right. Connor kicking it us off with some good. Uh, how did these relate? Were these your two most anticipated summer movies? Do you remember? They're just my favorite. Like, and I, I knew Spider-Verse would be great based on the first one. Oppenheimer was a coin toss because it's Nolan. And while I love him, I've had complaints about his last three or four movies all Mm. for different reasons. So for this one to just be undisputedly good, I felt like was a slam dunk. And, you know, it's it's one half of the Barbenheimer craze that lived up to the hype. Yeah, I think what I'm specifically asking is, do you remember which two movies? Because we did uh, our predictions, like what would be our best, our top, most anticipated summer movies at the beginning of summer. Were these your two? I think so. The Oppenheimer might have been replaced. I know Spider-Verse was. It definitely was. I I think I had Spider-Verse, and then it was like, what else are you looking forward to? And I was like, Legend of Zelda. And I put like seven. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah. no, that's cool. Uh, I believe. Oh man, I don't know. If Both we're going winners. By first or la- I really don't know if we're going by first or last name right now. But Peter hit up a. Uh, I think he said Peter I was next. A... Okay, so yeah. you're next. I think, I think he right. did. Yeah. Okay, okay Janelle, so take it away. I'll take it away. Woo! My two movies. I hope I'm making Matt proud with with my second one. I really so, do. I thought these were Matt's picks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Last week, I did an entire episode of Barbie with Jamie. And, um, you know, if you've been listening along, I'm just gushing over Barbie. I just loved it so much. I've watched it twice. I've gone to the theater twice. For me, that's a really big deal. I don't, I don't really go to the theater twice, sometimes not even once. I love watching at-home films. Um, just such a good job. The acting is amazing. The directing is amazing. The aesthetic is amazing. The music is amazing. It's just, especially if you grew up playing with these toys, they have so many little Easter eggs and things that if you're like a really big Barbie fan, you're like, oh my God, I remember that Barbie. I remember that thing. Or I had that outfit. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. This, this is such a good movie to me. I love it. I feel like it's great for all ages. It's super emotional. I cried both times watching it. I hugged my mom so hard in the theater (laughs) and it's just, it's, it's heartfelt and lovely and wonderful. And, and yeah. And speaking of another heartfelt, wonderful movie, Nimona guys, I am shocked how much I love this movie. (laughs) Yay! It 
blew me away. I definitely could see how it started off with Disney. I could definitely see why it turned away from Disney. And I'm so glad it did because I think it became what it should be. Um, it, this has me going, oh my gosh, I need to read these comics. Like I need to understand this character more. I love all of the relationships between the characters. I don't want to spoil anything because I feel like a lot of people have not checked this out yet. So just know that even someone who's not a huge animation lover loved this and I've watched it multiple times and I, I think they did a heck of a job. And I do feel that it's a little bit, a little bit better for adults. Like some kid movies, I'm like, Ooh, yikes. This is hard to watch. This is really, really cool. And I will say, I told Peter this. I said, my honorable mention, it's just because it's not out yet, is Strays. I want to watch Strays. I'm so excited about this movie that's coming out. I cannot freaking wait. That is totally up my alley. So I wish it was out. I think it's out on the 18th of, of this month. Just got my invite to a screening, baby. Woo! Yes, Kofi. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right. So reaction. up next would be Mr. You. Matthew, me? Oh, no, me. JK. Oh, my God. I'm going by last names here. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> All right. So, my picks were so for my anticipated summer movies, I picked um, Mission Impossible 7 and The Meg 2. Now, now, granted, I just got up from watching the original Meg, but I have not gotten a chance to see 2 yet, but I am going to see it this weekend. So, mm. this could all change. <laughs> but for right now, um, my two mo my two best summer movies were in order. Number one for me was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Um, I knew this movie was coming out, but it was not high up on my radar in a summer where Spider-Verse is coming out. But after I've seen it now twice, once with my son, once with my entire family. And uh, I'm going to say something controversial, which is while I think Spider-Verse is a like a bigger achievement and like animation ambition and scope and all that i think uh mutant mayhem was the more enjoyable just simply enjoyable movie experience for me uh i think that seth rogan and evan goldberg and director jeff rowe kind of cracked a really interesting take on the turtles that mixes a feeling of the old stuff you like from both the comics and the cartoons with a new kind of framework for looking at them and, and examining them as both teenagers and mutants that we haven't really seen before. And it was really, really kind of interesting how that opened up the story. And the animation style is really unique. And although people were kind of harping, oh, you're knocking on, you're, you're just ripping off Spider-Verse. It's like, they did do something different. It's very much like a stop motion Lakia movie with painting over it. Um, there are, and it's just, what can I say? Like for the on-screen experience, visually, it looks great. It's funny. It's heartfelt. I've, I've teared up twice in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, both times seeing it. That's never, ever happened to me in this franchise ever before. Um, they're great vocal performances from the four teenagers. Ice Cube as a giant, we were just talking to somebody about how Ice Cube as a giant fly named Superfly might go down as one of my favorite Ice Cube performances like ever. Jackie Chan as Splinter is just amazing. Like, yeah, everything about it is weird, unique. It feels like its own world. And it's rekindled the franchise. People want to see more of this. I had a five-year-old who discovered this with me and was like, he went home. I tried to show that kid every other of the million Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies and cartoons. And he was like, no. No, I want to see the one we saw, like that one. Like, yeah, it, it really did kind of bring this franchise back in a really fun way. I'm so excited for the TV show. I'm so excited for the sequel film. 
And you can't take away the feeling of me at the end of this first time seeing this movie with my son sitting on my lap and just hearing Tribe Call Quest, Can I Kick It, Come On in the credits, and both of us <laughs> just bopping our head. And that was everything I ever wanted a life out of life. Yeah. The soundtrack this movie and a movie uh, summer full of great soundtracks. You're talking about a movie that uses MOP Annie up twice in epic ways. Has wow. one of the best sequences I've seen in the summer movies. My favorite sequence, which is a battle montage sequence set to Black Street's No Diggity. Oh, you know, like amazing. I said, Tribe Call Quest, Can I Kick It? Plus the Trent Reznor, the Trent, Trez Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross soundtrack behind all. It, it, it's just, it's really well done. Surprised the hell out of me. Brought back Ninja Turtles. I'm at home playing with a turtle van like it's 1989 again. And yeah, that was the best summer movie experience for me, both in, for what it did on screen for me as a movie viewer and just the off screen reaction of being with my son, my family, how they all enjoyed it. Even my wife was getting kind of teared up about like April O'Neil and there's a whole anxiety story about that. And it just really fit the times and, and nailed it. So I did not expect this to be happening. I expected to be like spider versing my way through summer. And uh, here I am. Uh, it was a good summer for animation. I didn't lose, you know, so great. And uh, just like Connor, uh, I was, again, I was not, I knew Oppenheimer was coming out. I knew it was there. I wasn't, I haven't been so strong on Nolan in recent years, so I wasn't expecting a three-hour scientist talkie to be like, you know, anything great. But damn it, if Call Me Oppie didn't just blow me away, I was mad I had to go to the bathroom. I cost me dearly when I did. And uh, yeah, this was like edge of your seat filmmaking that made me walk out and made my brain cells go, oh, yes, there is cinema for adults that can be thrilling and exciting in summer. And I should remember these things. And uh, I wrote a whole article about what Hollywood can learn from Barbenheimer. And one of the main points is, you know, summer doesn't need to be defined by like one genre. Right. Like people like big movies of all kinds. And this was a really great reminder of that so call me oppie and tmnt mutant mayhem for me man problem is what they learned was let's make 20 new mattel movies and that made me mad yeah that's hollywood hollywood's that's like I a mean, few yeah, visionary people and a bunch of scum sucking leeches who just try no. to eat every idea you say like let's you know do creative writing blogging or something like that and then all of a sudden you got bunch of crap articles like read this five things about best and five things that don't work so you know it's so here's the thing though mattel has some great licenses and there are a few in there i would watch a movie on so i do hope no i want to see the hot wheels movie i do want to yeah, see that like that I sounds fun that man yeah. <laughs> so um so it's me then uh i'm i am the uh next one up here, last one up and uh, i hope as as janelle hoped i was proud i hope janelle is proud uh, because number one, going in, my, my most anticipated movies going into the summer uh, were Transformers and TMNT. I have not had the chance to see TMNT, though the more I hear people talk about it, the more I just like, it's killing me. I'm going to see this movie at some point because it just sounds amazing and looks amazing. So this could very well flip a little when I finally see that. Uh, but just Transformers coming into this, Rise of the Beast was like, I've been anticipating this movie for so long. And I just thought they, yes, I could have had another hour of Beast Wars characters to really flesh them out. But as an introduction and as an overall movie, I have few movies have where I've had this much fun. Like I was smiling throughout the whole thing. The soundtrack ruled. Like this soundtrack was 
amazing <laughs> and like i cared about the human characters for the first time and i don't know how long i was i was invested i man uh mirage was fantastic like all the new additions were great ron perlman is is optimus primal it's just like out of this world like the fact that they actually made you look at optimus prime and like there's this whole thing right of him like not understanding like why optimus is different than the legends and there's this whole kind of story underneath there and it's his delivery that sells that and i just ph phenomenal i i enjoyed this movie through and through i i want to see more i hope we get to see more and of course you know that's even without talking about the gi joe crossover of it all right so the future looks bright uh, i am i love this movie uh it's out on paramount plus now so i will be watching it again because <laughs> i dug it so much yeah i showed it i showed it to my son the other day he loved it too That's, as well oh it's so good man oh it's so good and then uh he, barbie uh, and as some have talked about like this was the surprise for me i i knew of barbie obviously i you know i was i was intrigued and then as time went on like and you just saw more about what like greta gerwig's vision was for it and everything i got more and more excited anisa was so excited so like the whole household was just like barbie fever right uh, and when we saw it, man, it just, it delivered that and more like it, I left that movie going, I'd walk in and see that again. Like I would absolutely just go walk, turn around and go see it again. And I hope actually to see it again at some point. Uh, it was fantastic. And, and again, soundtracks have been killing it this summer. And that soundtrack is spot on. I have listened to the Barbie soundtrack for like the last four days <laughs> on playlists. It's so good. Uh, but, but it's also and like we talked about, like when the soundtrack is used and those moments, like they resonate, like Billie Eilish's song and when it's used, uh, the whole there's a line. And I didn't say it when we talked about the in the non-review because I wasn't trying to give away spoilers. But like there's a line that uh, Real Perlman gives, you know, and like and it's and I'm probably going to butcher it now because it's been a minute. But essentially when, you know, like mothers, they stand still so that their their daughters can run and then look back and see how far they've come right like that there's a line there like there's lines in that movie that just under the surface like hit you straight in the heart and you and they linger and that line has lingered and just the how that felt it's fantastic it's a fantastic movie uh i am so happy that janelle loved nimona that was literally my it was between barbie and nimona and the only reason i went barbie i think was because i was hyped for nimona coming in and it hit like all those spots i think the surprise of how barbie hit me was like what put it over the edge like i wasn't expecting to love it that much and so when it did i felt like that gave it the edge in my own particular list uh nothing was gonna dethrone rise of the beast <laughs> it was nothing um so yeah i uh, great summer great summer and there's still movies i haven't seen I, you know i still haven't seen uh some of the other things that have come through but I don't see my list really changing based on those. Team and T is the one that could maybe steal a spot. So that's going to change your me. whole list up, bro. That's me. All right. And those are our best summer movie picks. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think anybody dislikes Spider-Verse. I've seen some kind of Spider-Verse controversy in the comments. I just think that like there were other things that surprised us more a little bit. And Spider-Verse was also a middle chapter of an unfinished story. So it couldn't deliver some of the thematic completeness of like Barbie or Ninja Turtles or Oppenheimer because it is just part of a story. But like I said, in terms of like visuals, the ambition of what was put together in an animated film with different styles, things that I, I also got to watch Spider-Verse like three more times just to begin to get like 
everything that's packed into that movie. I mean, the whole thing about Gwen's character and the subtext of what that was all about in her world. Like there's so many layers to this that I can't, I don't think I can process it, it, like Spider-Verse in just the theatrical showing that I did. I just know that it was good, but it, it didn't like pull me back or make my son particularly say, let's go back and see that again. And within TMNT, it was like all week long. He was like, can we go now? Can we go now? Can we, can you put it on Paramount plus now? Can you do that now? And I'm like, okay, chill dude. Like we're going to go back, but uh, no Spider-Verse hate in this crew. I, I don't think at all. So no guys, Spider-Verse is like Patrick Mahomes ever. We're just talking about the discord because uh, everything else is secondary to the, to the best. That's how it goes. And also, he sounds like Miles Morales. Like things haven't. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes sounds like Kermit the Frog. Don't deny. All right. All, All right. So, um, also the other concluding <laughs> thought I had was, it's amazing. I have not seen Barbie yet. I have to go out for a date night with my wife, which is like, you know, we might do that every six months with two kids, but uh, at night for like a movie length. But um, okay. it's amazing to me that the more I hear about Barbie and the more I hear like people in their deep experiences with it i still do have no clear idea of what happens in this movie whatsoever <laughs> i've heard talk, people talk religiously about it but have no clear description of the plot of what happens i have no clue what happens in this movie so i'm i'm like i'm fascinated by that that people love this movie so much but if you're like what actually happened in barbie like nobody ever talks about it nobody ever says and there's no real clear indication anywhere so wow. fascinated i feel like i'm gonna walk into a tent get beat up and take my money taken and everybody's gonna be like now nah, you're one of us <laughs> all right but uh and i'm just kidding i know it's a hype movie uh i've seen the theaters and i haven't seen them like this i don't think i've seen theaters like this since marvel's avengers in, tw in, in like 2012 oh. where every time i go by a movie theater it is packed there are people and they are very clearly there for one reason based on their dress it's know. it's it straight up reminds me of when infinity war came out and black panther was still in theaters oh yeah that was nuts too That's yeah great. that was really nuts too so yeah been a good summer for movies we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back guys we got a lot of fun stuff to do in the second half we're gonna geek out about some uh, releases twisted metal on tv last voyage of the demeter then we're gonna let matt cook his agenda and close out this show. Come back with us in a second. Comic Book Nation. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. If you're just joining us in our first half, we tried to go through the Wonder Woman 3 drama, but achieved nothing. Then we talked about Disney Plus price increases, and we talked about our personal picks for the best summer movies of 2023. So if you missed any of that, be sure to listen to the whole episode after we're done the live show so you don't miss out. Now... Let's talk about what my most anticipated TV show was for summer. I had two in our past podcasts, and I took a massive L on one and a massive W on the other. My massive W was what we're talking about in this next segment, which is Peacock's Twisted Metal TV show. And my massive L was, of course, Marvel's Secret Invasion. So, you know, I'm batting 500 right now, and, uh, you know, 
But the one that I got right for a most anticipated really did deliver, which was Twisted Metal. So Peacock did the Twisted Metal series starring Anthony Mackie and Stephanie Beatrice from Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the guys behind like Zombieland and Deadpool. And, you know, there was a lot of like, let's be honest, there was a lot of skepticism going into this because people were like, oh, we're watching a show about a game no one's played in like 10 years. Like, okay, (laughs) sure. Cool. Because Twisted Metal had all this depth to it in the beginning. You could barely remember the characters names while you were just picking a car you thought looked cool or a man in between two wheels. And then you were just blowing everybody else up. So how are you going to make a show about that? Well, First of all, they did the smart thing of making it a comedic show, which when I found that out, I was like, okay, well, that's that's interesting. And then I think we all watched the pilot, and by the end, we were like, okay, I'm in. Like, I'm in. This is pretty good. Uh, Twisted Metal was, I think, a show I've binged fastest in a long time. I, I went through this in like a day or two. Uh, and yeah, man, it, it was really, en- it was surprisingly really enjoyable. Pound for pound, episode for episode. There was very little drag. And even when they did like bottle episodes, I found I, I really enjoyed them. Like there's a whole episode in like uh, Chuck E. Cheese's essentially. And like most of it in a ball pit <laughs> that is really still good. Um, yeah. And everything about this show kind of worked. I loved Samoa Joe slash uh, Will Arnett as 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 a sweet tooth. I loved all the actors, Thomas Hayden Church, Stephanie Beatrice, Anthony Mackie. You got Nev Campbell in here killing scenes. Like there was a lot to love in Twisted Metal. And most importantly, it set up things for an even more exciting second season that I would love to get in front of my eyeballs now, now, now. But that's how I felt. And obviously I'm biased because this was one of my one of my most anticipated TV shows of the summer. How did you guys feel about it? Janelle Connor, do you have a kid have a chance? I, I watched had... I, I watched episode one was so freaking pumped, loved it, was like, this is so refreshing. I love seeing him in this role. I just love the, I love the language. I love like it's playful, but it's twisted. And then I went to play episode two and realized I do not have a Paramount or a Peacock plus thing. Oh, they did the first one free. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, and so Kofi was like, hey, we're going to talk this whole series tomorrow. And so I got it yesterday. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this entire series today. And then I couldn't. But I applaud it. It's, it's tempting me. It's making me want to purchase. Fork over that. What is it? $4.99? $2.99. Yeah. $2.99. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's making me want to do it. I feel like they're doing a good job. It is. I, I don't ever say this about streaming services, but it for at least for now, for like a month, yeah. For two ninety nine, it is definitely worth it to watch Twisted. Yeah, and, and then you can watch Murder She Wrote. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> stop it! Oh Matt. And then you, well, hmm. you can't watch Pawn Stars anymore because they took it off. Right. Although I did Pawn see Stars. find a funny meme of a Murder She Wrote episode where Jessica Tandy goes to a party and they're snorting cocaine. And somebody offers her cocaine. She's like, "Oh no, thank you." <laughs> and I was like, what? "Oh man, okay." <laughs> that series, that series is a gold mine of like. Just things that like would not play <laughs> today or whatever. One of my favorite TV lines ever is in that show, but I'm not gonna like take us down that rabbit hole. Um, Connor, do you have a chance to watch the show or no? Nah, man, I was busy covering SummerSlam last weekend up in Detroit. So, uh, yeah, so I will say I have enjoyed it immensely. I did not, this was another surprise, like, as far as I was, I was excited about it, 
and I'm a fan of the the game. So like I already had some built in like oh like I'm excited to see some of these characters come to life and stuff. But I I didn't really expect to be so like enthralled with it and especially to get all the way to the end. Like I'm actually excited for season 2, excited for them to maybe bring in some other kind of oddball characters from the games, see what they can do. The concept is simple and it works. And but yet they've they've really I, I can't remember where I heard this, but um, so I'm not going to take credit for, for myself, but, uh, you know, they managed to find the human, the humanity in such a ridiculous over the top car combat concept that has, you know, a clown in an, in an ice cream truck. <laughs> and, and it's, that is enough. Like that story, Anthony Mackie is like, is really the star of the show. And I know he's been built that way, but like through and through, like the show doesn't work without him. It doesn't work without his humor. It doesn't work without his just like general likability. Um, you know, everyone makes some questionable choices here because that's the world they live in. So there's a there's an element of that. It doesn't go to like Walking Dead type, you know, uh, drama type things. But like, it's enough. It's it's far enough to balance everything out. And I think they've created such a cool world. I am very excited to see more. I I hope we get. We are we getting a second season? Have been officially greenlit or no? It was Peacock's most viewed series, and I yes, mean, so. obviously, they <laughs> set it up for. Um, I mean, right. I would think that they would invest at least to do this next season and get that content block out because we are talking full spoilers. So, like, at the end, this was really just an origin story. It had mm-hmm. like twisted metal characters we met along the way. There's like, you know, we met Calypso, Twister. I forget the cop's name in in the game. But like yeah. we, we we met all of these characters and then at the end it's revealed that Anthony Mackey was hired to do this job for Neb Campbell and it was really an audition for him to join the, the actual Twisted Metal tournament that he is now going to be in and that's kind of set up and teased. And, and I'm pretty sure they tease everything. Like I think we see pictures of Atlas at one point mm-hmm. or something like, yeah, we're going full into it. So there is going to be a season two that's the actual Twisted Metal tournament which will be dope. And I see because I do hope just... they keep the like, because I'm excited for the tournament. Cause we're really going to get to see like these cars, like really go at it. I do hope they find a way though, to keep the, like to keep Mackie's like human element front and center. Cause we got to have somebody to latch onto. We have to have a story that kind of grounds everything. And if it's just tournament that will get old at some point, after oh, yeah, it, like, no. dazzles and so i do hope they find a way to kind of spice that up and keep that because that that's well, what works to me about most about the series it's fun oh, to yeah. see cars go after each other but i need that to get me through a whole season but that was kind of the fun thing about this first season is they affect instead of going right into the tournament they did some literal and figurative world building by right. having him drive across the remains of the country and right. you see all these different factions and people along the way and so, like, the tournament, in like any good tournament, is going to be more than just a drama on the battlefield, right? Like, I'm sure he's going to have to go against Quiet at some point. Then there's the whole thing with his sister in the, in the Purge mask that's mm-hmm. come back. The whole mystery about his family and what happened to them and if Neb Campbell's responsible. And her whole weird thing at the end, where they reveal about her basically being, like, you know, the Hitler of her town and controlling everybody and making them perform and doing whatever's going on with that. So they set up all this intrigue that didn't interfere with the first season of the show, but will all be really prominent things we need to see play out 
in between the you know the automobile destructive matches. And so I hope it's like Squid Game ish, right? So like every episode will have like either not every episode, but there will be several big rounds of tournament where mm-hmm. people get knocked off and in between just kind of either surviving in between each match will be its own drama where Mackie and everybody else will get to banter, do comedy, have mysteries, have drama and do all that other stuff where they're out of the car. So I think it can be done pretty well. And I'm also excited because the vehicular action was pretty dope when, it, yeah, when they good. had scenes of it. So yeah, I was psyched when that whole last episode, cause they set it up at the penultimate episode. It's like, you're about to see your first real, twisted metal match take place and it was dope in the in the finale so surprise surprise we're all here loving twisted metal very good show all right matt now well no it's no you. wait i got one thing to do okay <laughs> so i'm gonna cook real quick um yeah i got to see a movie this week i got to see last voyage of the demeter a movie that's gonna easily possibly be swallowed up at the end of summer movie season but I thought it was worth noting because we often debate vampires here in, in depictions of vampires we do or do not enjoy. And uh, after seeing this, I, I was kind of, again, surprised by how much I enjoyed this. This is a B-movie, single-setting horror movie, which are some of my favorites. I love B-movie, single-setting horror, uh, which is, means like something that takes place usually in one night or one, or, or one place. And this is on, if you don't know, the Demeter was the ship that Dracula hired to take him and his possessions from Romania to England, to London, England, where he took up residence in Carfax Abbey uh, and began, you know, stalking Mina, Mina, uh, John, I forget, Mina, for, uh, I forget John and Mina, whatever their last name is. Uh, so when he starts stalking, you know, his long lost loved Mina, Mina Harker, Mina Harker, I think. Um, anyway. So this is a kind of in-depth look about what happened on that boat ride, because in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the novel, there's a captain's log that talks about the strange things that happen, the crew falling to despair and madness, something dark kind of coming and taking them away. This movie actually allows us to see it. And it was surprisingly kind of brutal and gnarly for like a, a vampire movie. And it is easily the scariest that Dracula has, or vampires, have looked in a long time. The creature design for Dracula in this is a kind of, you know, emaciated bat creature with fangs, the Nosferatu influences, uh, as he's kind of trying to retain his strength on this boat ride and knocking off the crew slasher style one by one. But it's a very good kind of like post, like, and it's rated, it's very much rated R, it's violent, it's dark. There are some things that happen into it that are even pretty extreme for, for horror movies. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's good for people who love the Dracula legend and vampires. It's directed by Andre or, uh, or Ovridal, who did Troll Hunters and oh. uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, it's got a great cast in it. Troll it Hunters has is awesome. Yeah, Troll Hunter is great. And so, like, again, creature design in this one, really good. Oh. Corey Hawkins, who you know from like uh, 24 and Straight Out of Compton and Walking Dead, is the main character in this, who's this kind of black Englishman who's tried to be a doctor, but, you know, racism can't get a job and ends up on this boat. Uh, Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones, uh, Davo Seaworth from David Dasmalchian, who's just killing it out here. <laughs> uh, has a great role as this very kind of acerbic 
second in command of the ship and some other actors you've seen them in different kind of things before but yeah and javier botet as dracula the guy who does like all the creature things like Ma in like mama he, he's got that long skinny frame and he looks freaky as dracula but yeah very good single setup horror movie especially in the post-covid era like there's a lot about the subtext of this movie that's about how do people react when something crazy starts to happen and within their community like a disease or an infection or something like that like how do people react to that is a big part of this movie because what's kind of wild and why I only give this three and a half stars is this movie kind of pushes up against our knowledge of vampires in a weird way. Like horror movies make us want to shout at the screen, like don't go down there or do that. You know, this movie makes you want to shout like just go down in the holding, like kill that son of a bitch. But you have to remember that like these characters have never seen a vampire. They've never heard of Dracula. They don't right. know any of this. So it's basically them running around a ship and they, all they got to do is go into cargo hold and, you know, throw a little sunlight down there probably. But that never happens because they don't know any of this. And so it's like dramatic irony in a weird reverse kind of way where we're just screaming at things the characters are never going to know. Um, and so that's a little weird to do because the legend of Dracula is so big now to, to do this story where nobody knows it is a little strange to experience. But otherwise, I would recommend seeing this movie um, even as a matinee or definitely when it's on streaming, I, I would say this is a very good Dracula story. Uh, it's a scary Dracula vampire story. And there are rumors it could even be a link in beginning Universal Monsters kind of new franchise universe, which the ending I won't spoil, but that could be a thing. So love that. Last Voyage to the Demeter. Check it out if you're a vampire fan. Uh, it's in theaters now. Okay, All right, now, Matt. Intrigued. Yeah, this is Matt's last show in CB Studios. Ooh. So we're going to let him cook, and you may cook well. Go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, last week I wasn't, uh, I wasn't here, uh, though I listened to the show. You guys were awesome, uh, as usual. And uh, I was covering Gen Con uh, for us, which is like uh, essentially the biggest uh, domestic tabletop convention uh there is there's only one bigger and it's international it's in germany so um this was a huge event last year was kind of coming out of the pandemic and it was still big but this year was even bigger and uh there was a lot of stuff to uh to go through a lot of games to play so a lot of that stuff is is making its way to comicbook.com and you can read impressions and things like that but um a couple of the games i got to i got to kind of play around with uh metal gear solid the board game which has literally been like this unicorn that was announced and like set to come out like two years ago and then just kind of vanished because IDW, the company that was making it, stopped making games and <laughs> was closed down. There was all this stuff, right? And so it's just kind of been out there. And now it's finally coming uh, around uh, thanks to uh, Cool Mini uh, and they're bringing it out. And it looks so fun. And there's even like, because there's like miniatures on the board, right? Of the bosses you're playing and of your own guys. But like they even have it figured in. There's a little miniature of Solid Snake in a box. And it's got like his little two feet. It's amazing. It's like there's so much of that stuff playing into the game and it looks super fun. So hoping uh, to get my hands on that later this year, but that looked great. Uh, Star Wars Unlimited, uh, which is the new uh, trading card game from uh, Fantasy Flight was, I got to demo that and got to uh, play some of that. It was really fun. Uh, you know, I, I was on the dark side. 
So Darth Vader all the way. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to force choke anyone, which it was a bummer, but it was mostly because, you know, it was my first time playing and I was kind of sucking. Uh, but it was still super fun. Should have impressions of that coming later. A uh, couple of other, other games we got hands-on time uh, with was uh, Cobra Kai, uh, the new game uh, that's coming based on the hit series, uh, Disney Dixit, which is super fun and every Disney fan should play that. Uh, also, it bears... Uh, saying that my favorite movie, my favorite Disney movie, which has become a popular topic around uh, CB Nation, Oliver and Company, is represented in that game. And I was very happy. And I sang the song and I kind of screwed myself over because I used the card like every time I could, regardless of whether it was the right choice. But I wanted to use the card because how many how many Oliver and Company representations are there in games? There's not. There's none. So that should happen. Uh, and then uh, AEW Upper Deck. Uh, is coming out with a new AEW versus part of their overall versus system of games, which now includes like Mortal Kombat, the boys, obviously Marvel. Uh, and so versus though has been retooled to really kind of embrace the wrestling aspects uh, of AEW. And uh, I got to play uh, Darby Allen uh, versus Britt Baker and against Brandon Cutler from the Elite. Uh, so it was a super, super fun time. There's a full interview uh, we got with him talking about stuff, talking about the game, AEW and things uh, coming to the YouTube page at a later point. Uh, but uh, the other big thing, obviously, and you probably read a couple articles about it, was uh, Disney Lorcana kind of took over Gen Con. There were like huge lines. Uh, there was some chaos. <laughs> there was some chaos with, with some of those lines and like, um, everyone was trying to get some time in. I had the pleasure of, of getting some time with the game. Uh, and just from, it was, it's kind of, it's one of those things. It's awesome actually to be on the ground floor or something, right? Cause like magic has like kind of sailed past me. It's, I always feel like it's too far along for me to really jump into in any kind of competitive way. And so now having something that obviously is not magic, but is akin to it with a Disney theme is like, super up my alley and so i'm it's kind of cool going into a game and like learning the basics of someone else who doesn't know the game either and you just kind of learning together and playing this game and like it's it's fantastic i i came away like i could play this for another hour like it really it really has uh it's it's the reputation it's starting to build is well earned i feel like um, obviously I haven't spent like a ton of time with it. Uh, it was just a, a, just a demo, but, uh, I have some sets of my own and so I will be diving in, uh, more and more. And so expect, probably expect some full impressions and stuff coming, uh, at a later date. But so far, uh, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. The cards are gorgeous, but the gameplay is fast and it has concepts that people familiar with the genre will know, but the small changes and the disney aesthetic and the disney theme really because they embrace it's very thematic right i think we'll we'll win people over i think it's sticking around for a while uh so yeah so that is gen con expect more and more stuff coming to the site at a later point so let's get into comics and this uh comics was very much up my alley as well because hey we got a superman annual and superman has been one of my favorite series also uh, volume one is coming out actually later this year so if you haven't been keeping up with it we've been singing its praises here but if you haven't been keeping up with it you'll have your shot pretty soon uh to grab the whole first arc in one spot uh but the annual is uh, i'm annuals are very hit and miss they are sometimes they're super long sometimes they tie into the main story other times they're just one-off things and typically they're higher priced 
And some a lot of times I come away with annuals of like, I don't know if I could recommend that at like $5.99 or whatever. Um, the Superman annual is the antithesis of that, which is fantastic. To me, this is, while obviously you can continue to read the series when six comes out in a couple weeks and not miss a beat, I think this is like additive in every way. Like you get to know, it really explores like the Daily Bugle cast of characters kind of their individual stories we get a highlight reel essentially of like all the kind of the bigger parts of the main book Marilyn moonlight makes a a big uh you know real like a nice appearance here and we actually get her interaction with cat like there's there's really great stuff the whole the villains of the series have been great but parasite and livewire are used so well in this issue and they have continued to kind of stick around the book and I, and I love that um there's great stuff with mercy and supercore superman is actually barely in it but when he is in it it makes an impact and having toy man be the villain how that ties into the history of superman's supporting cast in general i thought was really well done so uh and then a uh, last couple of last page hooks right like to set things other teases up for later on especially a big one uh that has to do with lobo which i didn't see coming but hey i'll take that so i think this is one of those like annuals that you really should read especially if you've been reading the other the ongoing series like this is not i won't say a must buy but i kind of feel like it is if you've been enjoying it uh what did you guys think i mean i think it weirdly is the rare annual that does what an annual is supposed to do which is kind of pull together the strands of what the comic and the hero has been doing for a year uh, and kind of bringing that into focus. And so this book literally kind of reflects and takes you through pretty much every aspect that we've at least covered in the main Superman series over the last year. And some of the other larger things that kind of filtered into that from action comics before. But uh, yeah, this effectively goes all through them from a different angle that we haven't seen in the comic book, which is the larger Daily Planet staff under Lois Lane. Uh, we've had the Superman book be about Superman and Lex and and Supercore and all that. And, you know, but Lois and Daily Planet have really not been heavy focuses. And so it was interesting to see this one built around Lois and her staff of characters who are all kind of like familiar supporting characters, Cat, Grant, and all that stuff um, from the Superman universe. But again, it, it like went through the bullet list of pretty much everything that's been happening in the book over the last year without Superman largely, like you said, and uh, set up some interesting new things like who Marilyn Moonlight is, what her kind of tragic history is. This kind of reframing that Metropolis is like the city of secrets instead of like right. the city of tomorrow. Um, it's the kind of thing they did with like Batman and the Court of Owls back in the day, like that there's older history and some interesting history like Lex and Perry White's relationship kind of gets reframed in this. And then, like you said, there's a big teaser with Lobo and the Zarnians and you know, like that whole mythology and what that's kind of and what villain is going to use that to kind of and what the achievement is going to be and all that. Plus, Dr. Farm and this other person continue <laughs> to be these kind of so like. Weird. It's been a long time that, but it's been a long time since we've had like comic books actually take time with a big bad who's like a mysterious, you know, person in the shadows and us just getting teases of this along the way before we get to like this ultimate confrontation. So I've been liking them and what they're doing. And even in this, the little kind of trick they pull with a, what is that? A flight of the, no, flight of, what, what war games or flight of the navigator? What movie is that? Where they, uh, uh, 
uh, have like uh, actual video game simulators actually doing real wartime stuff. Oh, Ender's Game. Uh, uh, Ender's Game is that, but I'm saying like where people oh, think they're playing a video game. Yeah, Last Starfighter. Boom. So they do this whole thing like a Last Starfighter thing in this, and so. Yeah, that's all. It's all cool. And it's an annual. And so you get an overview of what the book is doing. And now you can kind of it's a good reminder, because as we've deviated, especially now that we're like in the night terrace thing, which we'll talk about. And Superman's had to literally kind of take a sleeping seat in his own storyline progression. So I kind of dug it, but I also like every annual. I dug it, but I didn't need to dig it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. Janelle, do you have a chance? Yeah, I read it. Uh, I, I feel like you guys have kind of said everything there is to be said about it. But yeah, it's it's a good book. It's it's not too long. It's not too wordy. Um, I love, what is this guy? This The, the purple dude? Oh, Parasite. <laughs> I love Parasite. <laughs> I love Parasite. And I love Amazing. his little pet at the end, too. Oh, I know. It's uh, I'm like, I'm like, can I cosplay as Parasite? Like... <laughs> How would Should. I make this happen? Um, but yeah, I, I, it was just, it's a good story. It's obviously like, because I do know context, it feels really nice to be like, okay, yeah, what is going on from here and where are we going? And I always love that feeling when I don't, when I get into a book and I'm not lost. Right. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, I want to know who the heck this chick is and her ties and what she, what, what, what what did everybody do to make it shady? Because there's a lot of shadiness going on. It feels kind of detective-y a little bit in this book. So I like that. Yeah, I had a good time reading it. Well, and then switching over to uh, Met Cadets. Uh, Wait, what one. about Kate, Connor Casey? He never reads the books. Do you, did, did you actually read, read this these? Book. You did? I did. Oh, my yeah. God. Of course, the one time. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I read the books. say that it's funny how less than a year after the Henry Cavill rug pull, uh, Superman fans are eating good right now between the show and what is genuinely a good uh, comic run right now. And I dug this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Between action comics, Superman, and just his, even his like uh, sporadic appearances in other books, like it's like they figured, they really figured out how to write Superman. And it's been a while since we, we've had that um, uh, line wide. You know, we always had like one or two here, but like, Line wide, it really feels like it's a good year for him. Um, so Mech Cadets number one ties into Netflix. Netflix has launched the new Mech Cadet series, which itself is based on the Mech Cadet U comic series from Boom Studios. And to coincide with that, Boom has released a sequel series to that series called Mech Cadets. <laughs> if that a big old whirlwind uh, around. So this is a you know, obviously designed as a starting point but also is a direct sequel uh to what happened in you so they you know they fill you in on some stuff but if you didn't read the last one you're probably going to have some questions uh they fill you in on most of that um i have not had a chance to check out the netflix series yet um but just from this i mean i thought this this did a good job of mostly getting you up to speed on like the core premise of the book but also creating some conflict amongst the pretty much between the managers and the employees, right? Between the, <laughs> between the soldiers uh, and their robos and then uh, the military and their bosses. And, you know, it, it's typical stuff, I feel like, but I, but I was intrigued. So I'm, I feel like it worked to get me hooked to try the series, the show. I will be interested to see how that plays compared to this. But I enjoyed this. I don't know if I'll stick with it, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but what would you guys think on this? I did not get to this one. I read Night Towers instead. 
Oh, okay. Good for you, Kofi. Yeah, you I, I read this one instead of Night Terrors, and sorry, Matt, I, I thought it was kind of bland. I thought it, yeah. it really, yeah, I thought it really relied on, hey, did you read the first series? If you didn't, too bad, because we're just going to keep referencing it. And I'm like, this would all be yeah. really interesting if I knew what half of them were talking about. But eh. I agreed. No, I agree with you. I think that's a a great point. I mean, I think <laughs> I had some very loose knowledge of the first one. Like, I actually don't think I dedicated like read all the way through as far as like when they were coming out i kind of went back and have so i have a passing uh relationship with it so i could catch on to some of the things but i agree with you i didn't think it was the best newcomer issue especially if you're tying it into the tv series uh janelle what do you think because i know we didn't touch on this on the show the comic book account just said uh it's no robo jocks (laughs) well and none of its pacific rims so there you go (laughs) <laughs> beautifully said i would say like i'm just if you know me if you've been listening to this for a while i don't love like the the teen stuff so you know the kids running the show and the teens like defending the entire planet is just not my thing so <laughs> I understand. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the better book because I can, it's funny. I didn't know Kofi was actually going to read this. So I, I, yeah, I yeah you didn't put me to, down for it. I've been reading it the whole time. I, I know <laughs> you have, but you haven't necessarily enjoyed it. And so after uh, a certain point, yeah, when I see like that. someone not enjoying it, I go, okay, well, let me, let me, sw- I don't want to have to like burden you with reading <laughs> every week. Me and Janelle are going to really enjoy it, it. So I keep it that way. But I'm, but I came across this. Um, I, my, I have been uh, effusing praise uh, for this series so far i've really enjoyed it um and mostly because of dead man and then this series and this issue that that like stays the same to a point because like obviously dead man is great in this book but it's really once damien came into the picture i was sold like damien's my you know become my favorite robin okay so like i anytime you put him in the mix with that just the banter between him and dead man and sandman alone like his fedora lines his like stop possessing my dad, like all this. And then they have like real conversations throughout the book and of like just between them. And then even when they go into the dream world, actually the world between, you know, nightmares and dreams, when they go into that world and then they actually unearth a little bit about dead man himself. uh, And they have that conversation about like, you know, his like real origin as far as like, he didn't feel any pain and all that. That stuff was really interesting to me. Um, and so the insomnia part is kind of the part that like I have been surprised most by that like I care, you know, because this is a completely new character and they're they're kind of trying to build the mystery as we go. Um, so as that develops, the other stuff is what's really like making me enjoy the series. Next issue with the tease of like his real origin to be revealed and how it ties to the Justice League and stuff like that. I think a lot of stuff hinges on that issue. Like if that issue can nail it, and give me something really compelling there, I'll be as excited for those moments as I am the other stuff. But right now, the other stuff is so good, it's enough to kind of keep me keep me hunted. Janelle, I know you have been loving the series so far. What did you think of three? I love it. I freaking love this. I love the whole series, and I love this one. And uh, yeah, it's just, it just, I don't know, it keeps getting better, in my opinion, as the story goes on, and the more we learn about the context of everything, and we introduce new characters, I'm having a blast every step of the way. I please don't make I, we have to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We've come too far at this yeah. point. Um, yeah. So Kovi, I know you haven't been the biggest fan. So <laughs> did this issue sway you at all? Like, how are you feeling right now? 
Um, again, like I, I, I've been mixed, I think is a more fair description of That's it. True. I've yeah. said that like, I loved this dead man and Sandman stuff. I love Sandman coming back for this. I've loved Dan man and Batman's body and all that. Um, I always liked Damian Wayne. And so I like, I like the banter between heroes who are like awake and trying to solve that problem. But that's about all I like. Um, I feel like a lot of the dream sequence stuff is not that interesting. It's it's the usual kind of overly metaphorical, heady kind of on the nose type stuff you get when, you, when people try to do gene sequences. And I think this villain sucks. I'm sorry. I think Insomnia is like, I don't think anybody can even define who this villain is yet. Like his scenes, because the dreams are so much more interesting than him, like him as an actual character is kind of blank to me. It's just, he looks like a Cletus Cassidy knockoff and with dream powers. And I'm just like, so far they haven't done anything to dispel that. Cause all he does is say demented Cletus Cassidy stuff with wide non-blinking eyes and like, uh, and he's not quite Joker and he's not quite menacing. It's just like, he just kind of shows up and is there. Um, he's not quite manipulative mastermind. So I don't know what they're going for with this because he's not unbridled psycho, not manipulative mastermind, something in between. But um, I hope the origin tale kind of, you know, really nails it down because like right now, all the gobbledygook about Dr. Destiny or whatever and stones and all that is, eh, it just misses me. But it was cool to see Boston Brand rip himself apart to get the Nightmare Stone. <laughs> That's true. I, I, will, I feel like it's like giving a credit of like they've done they've had some fun with the concept. Like they've used yeah. the dreams and nightmares to. And across, and even some some of the other times as well, like they've really embraced it and like gone for it with some kind of disturbing, creepy scenes. Yeah, when they and, get scary, it's good. Like yeah. Boston going in and seeing his old body and having that monologue about how how the stone and, and and how this person and that's the key. The person, the key to this series is this person, this villain, can see into things that these characters have never really revealed to anybody because it's the personal stuff they bury down in their psyche, right? Yeah. So like, that's the interesting hook here. And I wish they leaned into it more. Like, so Joker's spin out about him and realizing what Batman means to him is interesting because it sets up something that can change their relationship after this Batman. And that scene of Batman hugging Bruce, young Bruce Wayne and him having to come to terms with who he is and all that stuff. Like that was well done. That was good. And so I'm hoping like they lean into more of that when the series goes on, but there's, Batman has to see some disturbing stuff. He has to see his parents get killed with a bat, with a gun in his head, like all this stuff. I hope they do more of the scary actual nightmares of it all because that stuff has been entertaining, I will say. Well, uh, you know, Janelle, no fear. We're, huh, I didn't even mean to do that, but that worked out. Uh, we are definitely uh, sticking with, I, I mean, I like I'm in, like I'm invested. We gotta stick. Someone's going to do this with me. <laughs> so uh, I'm in it. We, we will, we will be sticking with this. Um, Connor? Quick, uh, pull list. I, Wait, Connor, we didn't he, do Connor. Didn't read it. Oh, no, we didn't okay. read this one. Make sure we got I'm it. Sitting yeah, you read the waiting. bad one over the good. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sitting here waiting for Sandman season two. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, so quick, a couple quick, uh, recommendations, uh, staying in the night terrors world, uh, green lantern number two, I was a little more mixed on one, but two actually kind of flips the reason why some of these are really interesting because they are exploring, uh, the fears and things like that. And the first issue kind of did that with this, but the second issue takes advantage of the fact that you were dealing with a green lantern who literally is like 
we don't feel fear. Like that's the whole theme. Like that's practically willpower and the whole theme of Green Lantern Corps, right? So it uses that to great effect and it makes an awesome issue. And the Sinestro stuff and as the backup story is also really good and sets that character up for kind of his next chapter. So this, this issue was fantastic. Uh, if you are not reading Spirit World, uh, I feel like you should. Uh, if you were up for kind of the supernatural, mystical side of, of comics, uh, Spirit World is, a, is fantastic. Like, this is a, such a cool off-the-wall book. New characters, new world. It feels fresh. You should definitely be reading this. Uh, and then in something completely the opposite, Plush. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows what <laughs> has read Plush, uh, but Plush Volume 1 is out. Uh, if you mix the world of, like, uh, furries and maybe cannibals... And maybe a love story. Uh, that's what this series is. And it's super weird. And it's hard to describe. And yet, uh, that series kept me interested all the way through. <laughs> it was I had no, no idea what to expect. <laughs> and uh, I came around on it uh, by the end. So um, it is super odd. And it won't be for everyone. But uh, it's out there. So maybe give it a read. Because I, it was well worth my time. I actually ended up enjoying it by the end. Uh, so that is comics for this week. All right, that'll do it for this show. This is Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. And as we said at the beginning, this is our last show with Matthew Aguilar down here in CB Studios. He is moving away to parts unknown this week. And uh, we're going to miss him because we, we started this show with me and Matt being in the comic book offices on Fridays, just kind of shooting the S and, and chatting <laughs> while everybody went home and enjoyed their weekend. And we were stuck there all night. Uh, but it, uh, it made me know that we would be able to hammer out a good show about geek culture and talking about geek culture. And here we are five years later. So, Matt, buddy, uh, in honor of you leaving, I kind of went behind the scenes and prepared a little tribute for you, which I want to play now. So, Peter, if we can play Matt's tribute, please. Arthur, does it help? Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh, that's for you i was God. just there waiting one for that to pop up. one last time buddy <sighs> i just thought we should go back through this if you're listening to this in podcast form what we are playing right now is the original <laughs> joker <laughs> teaser from uh, joaquin phoenix's joker which if you have not listened to this show since the beginning, uh, one of the funniest things I ever got to do was I was very unhealthily obsessed with this teaser when it came out. So and crazy. Matt had to be the person who witnessed <laughs> me watching this on repeat, sometimes mouthing the words to him across the desk so we sat across from each other at. And he had to look at me. He couldn't look away because we sat right across from each other. And I would just come and quote this into his ear and ask you, and I ask you again, Matthew. Does it feel like the world's getting crazier? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely All right. does. <laughs> absolutely so, does. This was oh, the only tribute God. I could prepare for you is uh, the time that uh, you and I bonded over the Joker teaser trailer. So I wanted to give it one last run, buddy. Because, oh, my you God. Know, Thank you. It's so hard to say goodbye. Now, to be to clear, Joker I am not leaving yesterday. the show. <laughs> I'm not leaving the show. I but there will be never be a time week. that I can look across a desk and be like, Matt, look at this. Oh my God. The creepiest one? Horrible. The creepiest one was when he would start the trailer because he would play it without headphones. He would start the trailer and then he would wait 
for me to turn around and he'd be just staring at me smiling <laughs> and then i would go oh my god what the hell and then i turn back around and then five minutes later i turn back to ask him a question and he was standing there smiling, <laughs> still my unmoved, God. waiting Kofi, for me to turn Kofi around. Kofi is Joker. Oh my narwhal, God. Narwhal has nothing. Narwhal has nothing on me, baby. All right. I can freeze frame for a long time. But uh, <laughs> we wish Matt safe travels. He's not leaving the show. He's just moving away from Nashville. And so he'll be calling in all the time. And I'll have to see him on a TV screen. Won't be able to have his Box. nice... Uh, his daddy bear protection in the studio for me. <laughs> We're going to miss that, buddy. But uh, safe travels to you, Anissa, and uh, your daughter, Ember. We want you guys to have a good, safe travel, good move, and uh, we'll be able to join you next week from your new location with hopefully working internet. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Everybody fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. Everybody drop a line to Matt. Well, wish him well on his move. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. You can find me at Connor Casey CB. And this is Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. Be sure you subscribe on all your podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to our YouTube page where we are dropping loads, loads of bonus round content these days. Uh, nothing this week. It's the end of summer. We're kind of just slowing down. But once things pick back up, we'll be doing Ahsoka episodes, yeah. new movies that come out. We'll be doing Loki. spoiler reviews for wow. new movies. Loki. There are going to be a lot of bonus round episodes. So make sure you are subscribed to all things Comic Book Nation. Otherwise, we are out of here. Thank you for joining us today. And we will see you guys on Comic Book Nation next week. Peace, Matt. This is... Later. Later.